In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Corona Pola to everyone, since today is All Saints. And if you don't celebrate on a given day, this is your day. Many years. This past week, there was some uh, housekeeping that was taking place up in New York. It may have have escaped some of your attention, but it was a very historical and important meeting that was taking place. It was the gathering of all the bishops of North North America and Central America, and they are there to try and sort out what they call the desire for the swift healing and every canonical anomaly that has arisen from historical circumstances and pastoral requirements. And what they mean is having more than one bishop in one city. That may not seem like a big deal, but it is when it begins to create confusion. Now, the good news is that I will no longer be reading encyclicals from Scoba because we will not get any anymore. doesn't mean I won't be reading encyclicals from bishops, but this group has supplanted Scoba, and Scoba, as of this Friday, no longer exists. All the ministries that Scoba has undertaken are now undertaken by this body of bishops. But to show you why it's important, and even they say this may seem uh, mundane and we might wish to avoid this difficult work and settle for easy pronouncements about the unity, but the gospel compels us otherwise. And just to name a couple of things that they are hoping to resolve, one is the question of how to receive converts. Some people insist they have to be baptized. Other people insist only by chrismation if they've already been baptized. It's very scandalous for a new believer to go to Mount Athos and find he can't receive communion because he hasn't been baptized. But he's been received the way the bishops of his church told him to be received. That creates chaos. The other thing is that some jurisdictions receive Roman Catholic clergy when they convert to orthodoxy by vesting only, while others ordain them. Another is marriages. Some recognize all marriages performed outside the Holy Orthodox Church, uh, whether performed for an Orthodox or a non-Orthodox, while others recognize no marriages performed outside Holy Orthodoxy. This creates confusion in the faithful. Some Orthodox jurisdictions bury suicides under certain circumstances, while others forbid the burial of suicides under all circumstances. Some jurisdictions recognize civil divorce as complete and sufficient for ecclesiastical purposes, while others do not recognize civil divorce at all and insist on ecclesiastical courts. And then some jurisdictions have in the past accepted clergy suspended or even deposed by other jurisdictions. And what's that result in? It results in chaos. So this is a very historical meeting and they are trying to put their house in order, our house in order, 
so that it will be in canonical good order. And why is that important? Well, in the short run, we may not see the effect. We may not know why it's important. But if you begin to think or to look historically, you can see what can happen to you personally when the church is not organized. The title of this talk today is Laying a Strong Foundation of Faith. That is, is our faith going to be able to withstand what we might encounter in life? As we read in the Gospel and Epistle lesson, the Epistle talks about all the people that came before us. They were sawn in two, they were beaten, they were tortured, they refused to accept release that they might rise to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging. Did they have a strong enough faith to endure what was coming at them? Do we have a strong enough faith to endure what is coming at us? I talked with a gentleman this week up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he is a twice-a-month minister to a parish of 70 families that has been in existence for 30 years, whose priest retired after 30 years, and now they're trying to make sure that they have a stable future going forward. He says he didn't find, he found a faithful community, and there wasn't much infighting, but there wasn't much vision for the future. And they didn't know what was going to happen. And they went from a full-time priest down to a supply priest twice a month. They were headed in the wrong direction. As you know, we're going to uh, Alaska this summer on a mission trip. And we're going to visit one of the oldest communities in North America, established by St. Herman of Alaska. St. Herman's grave is in Spruce Island, just off of Kodiak, about a 30 to 45 minute boat ride. We're hoping to go and visit his house and venerate his relics. But he laid a foundation, a foundation that has spread throughout America. But the foundation he laid in this little village that we are going to visit has been devastated by alcoholism, sexual abuse, dysfunctional families. Their faith is really being tested. In fact, there's not much left of it. So, through the prayers of St. Herman, missions have begun going back to this little village that really is responsible for us being here today. Those people have been overwhelmed by the Russian invasion and by World War II and by the devastation of their subsistence-based culture. Now they find themselves stuck indoors on government subsidies. They fish during the summer, but during the cold, long winters, they sit around together in their homes watching videos and MTV and drinking. They barely have enough energy to get up and to go to church. So how do we 
build a foundation of faith that can withstand the things that are going to come at us in life. And we have to withstand a lot of things. There's sickness, there's illness, there's death, there's financial setback, there's divorce, there's unforeseen events. Any one of us could name our own unforeseen event that is challenging our faith. But do we have a faith with a strong foundation that can withstand these attacks? Well, today we celebrate All Saints Day. All those people who have persevered throughout the years who have shown us by their example what we can obtain in this life. And there's a small paragraph, and I want to read it to you. And in that paragraph summarizes what we need to do to ensure a solid foundation. It says, They cooperated with God in doing His will and allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them and use them. They achieved this blessed condition through their great spiritual exercises by prayer, fasting, abstinence, repentance, receiving the holy mysteries by living lives of simplicity, humility, love, patience, purity, and obedience, by reading the holy scriptures, the church fathers, the lives of saints, and most especially by allowing God's love to overflow through them to all creation. The bishops, in their meeting, they give an appeal to the faithful. And this is what they say, we confess our fidelity to the apostolic orthodox faith and pledge to promote common action to address the pastoral needs of orthodox living in our region. We call upon our clergy and faithful to join us in these efforts to safeguard and contribute to the unity of the Orthodox Church of the region in its theological, ecclesiological, canonical, spiritual, philanthropic, educational, and missionary obligations as we eagerly anticipate the holy and great Pan-Orthodox Council. So we ask, what are we doing at St. Philothea? Are we laying a strong foundation? Are we investing ourselves? Do we have a vision for those coming behind us? Will they find a place of faith where they can be nurtured and grow and build a solid foundation so that they too may face what will come at them in life? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. couple of announcements this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are having a clergy family retreat this week, so we will not be here this week, but Kurt, I believe you'll be here this week. So if you have any anything comes up, I'm only two hours away, so I can come back if there's emergencies. But call Kurt if you have any questions or need anything. Also, by now, we hope you have all learned the Lord's Prayer in Russian, because after today, we won't hear it from Angel uh, Angelina. They're leaving this week to go up to Washington. We say goodbye to them with heavy hearts.
and great sadness. It's, we want to look at it as a, in a positive way, but not just yet. <laughs> it hurts too much. But you're in our prayers. We love you. God bless you. We are so thankful that you landed at least in this country and uh, that we'll be able to stay in touch with you. God be with you. Also, the, uh, on the back table, um, we don't have coffee hour today, so we'll have to clear out the narthex. But before we do, I'd like you all to look over our Christmas cards this year and vote one, two, and three, your favorites, and write any comments you want on them, because that's always a great help in us in uh, deciding what to publish each year. So please look that over. Also, I'm passing out... These are forms. We're not taking a collection, but anybody who would like to contribute to our mission trip to Alaska, we've begun to meet with all the other participants. There will be 14 of us. And Father Gregory Parker, who's the priest in Old Harbor, he is also has a full-time job, and his full-time job for this 30... Uh,